imagine that there is no language. I'm going to give you a challenge to do. Turn to your neighbor and say this without using words. Say, happy Sabbath, you look beautiful or great today. Now turn to your neighbor, say that without using words. All right. <laughs> Did that go well? Okay. Now, how about try try asking the same thing. Try asking, how is your uncle? Or can I pay you back next week? Try that again without using words. Okay, <laughs> did you understand your partner? Now, if you can imagine that we live our lives without using words, it'd be quite interesting or quite frustrating, I would say. Uh, how beautiful it is that we have words that we can use and we have the language that we can, we can use. And in the Bible, it talks about how there was one word, one language, but then it got split up. And we'll talk about that. We'll study about that in the Bible. Uh, Genesis 11, 1, uh, 11, 1 through 9 says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so, they, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men, had, uh, men were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they had begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there, there the Lord confused their language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, we know this story very well. But they were speaking the same language and same tongue. According to the uh, SD Bible commentary, it, was, it says, one lip, one kind of words. Meaning that the absence of difference in dialect, punctu uh, pro pronunciation, and vocabulary were the same among all men. Now, we speak English, and we all speak the same language here, but do we really say the same thing? Do we mean the same when we say the same words? Uh, <clears throat> men and women live on the same planet, but then we think very differently, right? Correct? When we say something, they may mean something very different. East and West think differently. For example, Western people 
when you give an answer, you say the answer first. And you say, I say this because, and then you prove your point, A, B, C. Correct? But in the East, they say, when somebody asks a question, you say, okay, well, A is this, B is that, and C is that. Therefore, my answer is this. That's how they say. So when I first wrote my essay, <coughs> I didn't get a good grade because it didn't make sense in the professor's mind. Like, you're proving points is all wrong, it's all backwards. So I had to learn how to write backwards. So even now, that still is in me, so it, I sometimes have to like, think before I make my make, uh, write something. It's a completely different kind of uh, mindset. Even we speaking the same language, English, we speak differently. How about accents? Southern accent? I can't say the southern accent, but we have people that are, you know, we, people speaking different languages or different accents. It's a little different kind of way of, of you know, saying things. Vocabulary, pronunciation, and dialect are different, even within the same language. But before the flood, there was no difference. Everybody was saying the same thing. Same thing. Do you think it would have been easy for them to understand each other? Yeah, very easy, because they were saying the same thing. Like, in a family, when you say something, you understand each other really well because, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Like the, within the circle, like the uh, inside joke, th those things, you know? Everybody understood each other really well up until this point of the Tower of Babel. They said, let's build a city. And there are four points that they point out to, the Bible points out to. It says, let's build a city, number one. Number two, tower reaching to the heavens. Number three, make a name for ourselves. Four, not to be scattered. Now, I was always thinking that the reason why they built the city is to go against God's command. Let's, because we were destroyed by flood, now we are going to build a tower reaching high enough that, that when the flood comes, we will not be destroyed. I thought that was the main motive. But their main motive is what? According to the Bible, it may be included, you know, like going against and not believing God's promise. But the, what the Bible says is, let's make a name for ourselves. Number two, so they will not be scattered all over the face of the earth. That's what they were doing. That's why they, that's why they were building a city for it. And they said, let's make bricks instead of stone. Now, brick and stone, which is stronger? Stone is stronger, but why use a brick? Why use bricks instead of stone? If you use stone, unless you cut the stone, stones come in all different shapes. So how high, how tall of a structure can you make with stone? Maybe like this much, not, not that tall. But if you use bricks, this is you know, square, or the same shape, then you can, you can build however long you want, however tall you want. That's what they wanted. That's why they say that use brick. And it says, let's use tar instead of mortar. That means let's use tar instead of clay. Is clay very strong? Not very strong. Especially, so the way how they built before was that they would use rocks, and they will put like, 
clay in between. That's how they built their walls. But now they are using tar, which is the substance material that's found in oil. Um, in the Middle East, they, they have fountains of oil that, that comes from the earth, the black stuff. Now we use that to make what? Black top. So the black sticky stuff that goes on top goes on top of the road or to make the black top, that's what they use to make that. It's waterproof, very sticky, very strong. That's what they used, brick and tar, to build a city. <coughs> So they were trying to make a name for themselves. Tallest tower. What's the tallest tower in the world? You don't have to know the name. <laughs> but that tower, whoever built that tower, do you think their name is out there now? Yeah, they broke many records. And they built that tower. I think it's called like Buzz Khalifa or something in the in, um, Middle East. It's really tall. But that's what they were trying to do. They're not the first ones to build a city. Who built the first city in the Bible? It was Cain who built the city. Um, Genesis 4:17. He was the one who built the first city. So this city is not the first city ever in the Bible. But they were trying to break the record. Make the biggest city, make the tallest tower. So that their name will be known in the world. That's what they were doing. And when they were doing that, they were doing it without God. They were not building the city to bring glory to God's name. They were doing it so that their name will be famous. God was not in their sight, in their agenda. No. They were wanting to be famous and do things on their own. When God came down to see that, and God was not pleased, and God said, okay, let's, let's stop this. Now, if you were to deter people from building something, like building a tower, building a city, what's your plan? What, what do you think you would do? What would be the most effective way to stop them from, from doing it? Maybe stop funding, or uh, you take away the permission, or, or um, if I were God, I would be thinking maybe like send down lightning, or, or something to, to destroy the building, whatever they are doing. Or bring, send earthquakes or something to, so that they will be scared. Instead, what does God do? Confuses their language. Who will think of that? So God thinks very differently. It's like another dimension or from another planet. That's that. I mean, nobody would think of that. But God does, like, you know what? Let's just confuse their language so they will not be able to do it. That's what God does. <coughs> Talking about language, um, it's, it's been recorded that um, there are how many, word, how many languages there are in, the, in this world? There are how many countries there are there in the world? Over 220 countries. And how many languages? There are over 7,000 languages in the world spoken. And 90% of those languages are used to less than 100,000 people. So only few people speak a whole bunch of languages. The rest of the world speaks those you know, common languages. But there are, in fact, 7,000 languages. 
And 46 languages have only one speaker, one person speaking that language. If that person dies, the language is dead. So that's why they're trying to record the languages and, and, and maintain. That's what they're trying to do. 2,200 languages can be found in Asia. Europe has merely 260 languages. And there is one country that speaks both of the most spoken languages in the world. That country is Papua New Guinea, which has, before, say that, before we say that, Philippines has a lot of languages, right? I don't know how many languages, how many different dialects are there, but Philippines has a lot of languages. Papua New Guinea has more than 832 different languages in one country. So if you're a citizen of Papua New Guinea, what language do you need to speak? If you go shopping here, you may need to speak different language. If you go vacation in the other city, you may have to speak a different language. <laughs> 832 different languages. All of, the, all of those languages were created where? <clears throat> At the Tower of Babel. Because can human, can human beings create languages? No. Linguists all agree that languages cannot be created, cannot be made by human beings, human brain. It has to come from somewhere else, something else. Right? So, <clears throat> It, it came from God. But having many languages, is it a blessing? When I travel to different countries, <laughs> just because, because I speak English, I think I can get away with speaking English only. But if I go to Mexico and speak English, that doesn't fly that well. If I go to Europe and speak only English, do you think I'll be able to get by? Not so much. Not really, especially like I heard, I haven't been to France, but I, I hear from other people who've been to France say that <clears throat> if you go to France and, and start speaking French, they may be speaking English, but they purposely will not respond back to you. They don't like it when people speak other languages in France or any other country as well. And in Hong Kong, I was trying to speak English thinking that they speak English. They do speak English, but then I couldn't even buy my lunch so I had to use my Google Translator to like say that in English, translate it into, into Chinese, show them that, and it's like, oh, this is what you want. <laughs> they gave me my lunch. <clears throat> so language, having a lot of languages here in this world is not a blessing. Rather, it is the result of the confusion that God created. In other words, a curse from God. Now, the Bible says it's called the Tower of Babel. Now, let me ask you a question. Why was it called the Tower of Babel? What is the meaning of Babel? It means confusion, right? Mixture, confusion, that's what it means. But was that city, the tower, called the Tower of Babel from the beginning? No. According to the Bible, says after the language got confused, people got scattered, the place was now called the Tower of Babel, or Babel. So before that, there has to be another name, which we don't, nobody knows about. People said that, okay, let's make our name 
known out there in the world. Let's build this city. And they started the foundation. They started building the city. And let's not be scattered around. Let's stay here. Let's make a city for, um, for ourselves. But then that name, who knows that name? There must have been that name. It was famous around that time. But because they were going against God's will, when God came down and stopped them from the, what they were doing, nobody remembered that name. Now that name is known for the Tower of Babel. Everybody knows what the Tower of Babel means, or what Babel means, but nobody remembers that name, the great name that they were proud of at that time because their plan failed. Do you think it's a good idea to go against God's command? Obviously, no. Because <laughs> they were saying, let's make our names known. Let's make ourselves famous. Let's build a city. That didn't work. Let's not be scattered. That didn't work. So if you have any plan that is against God's plan, think again. That may not work. That may not fly that way, according to this story. Their names were forgotten, and they were scattered. Because that was God's plan, to scatter them around, have them go around and cultivate the land and, and, and spread around, populate the earth. That was God's plan. Now, <clears throat> before the Tower of Babel then, what do you think, what language they spoke? What was the language that Adam and Eve spoke? And people building the city spoke. What do you think that language is? Hebrew. What? Hebrew. Hebrew. Okay. Do you agree? Yeah? <laughs> Some people may say, no, no, no. They, they, they spoke Korean before. <laughs> Some people say, no, they spoke Spanish before. <laughs> no, Italian, French, or English, or Chinese. Some people may say, we don't know. We don't know. But I'm pretty sure the language they spoke before would be the language that God spoke to Adam and Eve at the Garden of Eden. And most likely, I assume, the Bible doesn't say that, I assume it would be the language that we'll be speaking when we go to the New Jerusalem. That's what I assume. Some people say it's Hebrew. And their evidence, their proof is that, well, when Adam use the language. Okay, you remember Adam was talking to his, his wife, saying that, well, you are a woman because you are um, a mother of all living things. And Adam gives her name. Or another instance is that, like, uh, well, God created you, and you are bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. I'm going to call you Eve. That word woman and Eve in, in Hebrew, so woman, ishasha, that's woman in Hebrew, and uh, Kahava, Kahava, it's, it's Eve in Hebrew. Those words only make sense in Hebrew. Therefore, the language that Adam and Eve spoke must be Hebrew. But again, that's not a good enough evidence. What that language was, I'm not sure. But I would like to find out. But we don't know for sure what that language was. But... They were speaking one language before, and then now we speak 7,000 different languages here in this world. 
But there was one time that language was united. Where is that incident? That the curse of many different languages, there was one time this language, the problem of language got fixed temporarily. What was that time? The Pentecost. The Pentecost. Now, keep this in mind. The Pentecost, disciples got together, they prayed, and what happened? The Holy Spirit came down, and they received the Holy Spirit, anointing of the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking the language. Now, the speaking of tongues, what exactly happened? Were they speaking many different languages? Were they speaking just, just like babbling words like nonsense? Just like a lot other people, other churches believe? No. They were speaking words that they could understand. They themselves could understand. Other people understood them as well. But what the Bible says is that you are speaking one language, but people from different countries speaking different languages all understood them. So you're speaking English. <clears throat> 20 different people speaking different languages. Only those languages understand your English. That was the gift of tongues, what we see there. Now, what's interesting is this. The word confused. Let us confuse the language in Genesis, Genesis 11. That word in Hebrew means to confuse and to mix. But the second meaning is to get it wet. Wet it, especially with oil. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit comes down and he anoints them with the power of the Holy Spirit, with his oil. And then their language got confused. You get it? And then when the second time the Holy Spirit came upon each person, when they got anointed with the Holy Spirit, the curse of the language was mended. And now they could understand each other. So both times, it was the work of the Holy Spirit. One was a curse. The other was a blessing. That's the interesting part here. Now, <clears throat> but if you think about the results, are completely different. They both were touched or wet or anointed by the Holy Spirit. The first part, Tower of Babel. Second part, Pentecost. The first part, God came down. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. Babel, they were going against God. Pentecost, they were seeking God. Tower of Babel, they did not believe the promise of God. Well, God promised that there will be no rain, no flood, but we think otherwise. Pentecost, they believe in the promise. Acts 1 4 says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were waiting for that promise. Babel, confusion, also pouring of oil. Pentecost, Holy Spirit came down, anointing of the Holy Spirit. Tower of Babel, language confused, scattered as a result. Pentecost, confused, language mandate. Now, they were also scattered at that time, but then they 
brought the gospel to other countries, the countries where they came from. People could not understand each other at the Tower of Babel. Pentecost, people understood each other. Scattered with disappointment and failure at the, tower, the time of Tower of Babel, but Pentecost, they were scattered with joy and the good news. Tower of Babel, they could not build a city. Pentecost, they built the church of God. Both the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Do you want to receive the Holy Spirit to fail and to scatter? Or do you want to receive the Holy Spirit to be mandated to scatter with joy and the good news and to build a church? Which part do you want to fall into? One is seeking God. The other part is going against God. So friends, are you going against God's will or are you seeking God's will? How many of you have tried learning a second language? Not like, not like you, you grew up learning second, third, fourth language, like came naturally. Did you actually try learning second language? Was it hard? Was it easy? Well, I had to learn English as a second language, and I had to study, I had to memorize vocabulary, I had to take tests. It was hard. I mean, I, I liked it, the subject English, because I liked it my teacher. That's why I, I am here in the United States, and I'm speaking English. But at the same time, school taught me Chinese. Chinese, I hated Chinese. <laughs> it's just hard. That's why I don't speak Chinese now. <laughs> Um, but learning a new language, not, not as a baby, but learning a new language is hard. But now when we go to heaven, do you think we'll have to learn a new language, heavenly language? What's the, like, the famous uh, program that helps you learn a new language? Rosetta Stone, right? Rosetta Stone. I haven't tried it, but I heard a lot about it. So I went online. Rosetta Stone, I looked up, how many languages do you think Rosetta Stone provides to study? There were a whole lot. A lot of 24 different languages. Yeah, great. But out of 7,000, 24 is nothing, right? And you have to pay money to, to buy the program and, and try really hard. Buying the Rosetta Stone doesn't mean that you learn the language. You're fluent. It means you have to study, you have to, you have to like, work hard for it. Put your effort to it to do that. Now, when we go to heaven, do you think we'll have Rosetta Stone on your phone, on your app? Like, okay, what does this word mean? And you try listening to it, you, you take tests, and you fail, you like stutter, like, oh, oh, that, I, I, what, what was that again? No. When we go to heaven, we'll be learning that we will just know the language, just like that, instant. Just like the people at the Tower of Babel, when they walk up the next day, it's not like they learned a different language. They were saying natural things, but they were speaking different languages. Just like that, when we go to heaven, we'll be learning or we will know the new language. Is that fun? Yeah? So what's the way of learning the new heavenly language? How can we do that? 
What was the formula? They were speaking the same language, the Tower of Babel. Something happened, they all speak, spoke a different language. What was it? The Holy Spirit came down. They were touched with the Holy Spirit. But because they were going against God's will, they spoke different languages. It was a curse. Now, reverse of that was the Pentecost. When they were gathered together, when they were praying for the Holy Spirit to come down, the Spirit came down. Anointing of the Holy Spirit touched them. And now, without any effort, they were speaking, speaking in tongues. Same thing. For us to learn the heavenly language is not to try, it's not to like study. It is to receive the Holy Spirit. Friends, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit and speak the heavenly language? Is that your desire? Amen. I hope and pray that we'll be able to speak the language of heaven. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, that will enable us to speak the language of heaven. Now, language of heaven, yes, we will go up there and we will speak the language. But I would assume the language of heaven is a language of love, a language of caring. Now, are we speaking that language today, like now? When we say something to our friends, to our family members, are we speaking, this, speaking the language of love? You've seen the rice experiment? Have you seen that? Like you, you uh, put rice in two or three different containers, and to one container you say the sweet words, like I love you, you, know, you are beautiful, I like you, those things. And to another container, you say the bad words, like, I hate you, you look ugly, You're like, go kill yourself, all those bad things. What happens at the end of uh, four weeks of experiment? I was going to bring it, but I thought everybody knew, so I didn't bring it. Maybe I should have. Just go, go look up on YouTube, Rice Experiment. On the container that you spoke, like, I love you and good words to, after four weeks, it looks really clean and looks beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's got like mold on it, but it's like white and really cute. One person even said, you know what, I can't even eat this. It looks so clean and it looks nice. Sometimes it looks really nice. On the other hand, the rice container that you spoke to, like the bad words, it looks disgusting. It looks black and it's like moldy and it's rotten. Your words have power. So what is the heavenly language? Language of love. Until we go to heaven. Until we learn just to say that, say the heavenly language overnight. Until we are anointed with the Holy Spirit. The language of heaven that we can speak here on earth is language of love. I hope and pray that we all will learn to speak the language of heaven. Until we go there, where we can all speak and communicate with one another with the language of heaven. Until that day, let us speak the language of love here on earth. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much that you have given us the Holy Spirit. But we realize, we learn that we can receive the Holy Spirit in a wrong way that will give us curse, that will scatter us, that would stop us from what we are doing because we are going against God's will. But Lord, we don't want to do that. We want to receive the Holy Spirit in a way that we would bless us, it will mend us, and it will fix us 
and it will help us to love. Just like the early church people, they loved one another and they shared and they shared their love. We want to do that. We want to build our church. We want to build our family. So Lord, we pray that you will please bless us, anoint us, touch us with your Holy Spirit so that we'll be able to speak the language of love, language of heaven, starting from here, starting from today. Bless us, anoint us with your Holy Spirit. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up and give us the